excited to talk with you guys tonight because we are wrapping up our three-week series that we called We're All Thinking It. And the first week, we looked at identity and we looked at the question, who am I? Alana spoke Alana spoke on identity, looking at the question, who am I? And last week, I looked at, we looked at belonging, asking the question, where do I fit? And this week, the last week, we're looking at purpose. We're looking at purpose and the, the question, what difference can I make? And as I'm thinking about the idea, as I was looking, uh, preparing the talk, thinking about the idea of purpose, thinking about looking for for my purpose in life, that kind of, that kind of stuff, making a difference. Uh, I was thinking back to a time uh, where I was really struggling with this, was really looking for, like, what am I going to do? And that's a time that you're all going to get to at some point soon, uh, and that is making the decision on where to go to college, right? You spend three years of middle school working towards high school, and you spend four years of high school working towards college, and you get to your senior year of high school, and you have to make this decision, and embedded in that decision are these questions like, what are you going to do with your life? What do you want to study in order to go out into the world and do something, right? Maybe that's not how you think about it, and maybe I just freaked you out a little bit. Hopefully that's not true, but those are kind of the things that I was feeling as I got to my senior year of high school, I was feeling that from my mom and my dad asking me, like, you know, where are we gonna, where are you gonna go to school? What do you wanna do with your life? All my friends talking about what they wanted to do, what schools they wanted to go to, and for them, and then you had to, and you had to balance all that stuff, like, William Mary is great, but like, all my friends say they don't wanna go to school in Williamsburg, so maybe I don't wanna go to school in Williamsburg. Like, maybe I just need to get out of there. And, and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to know my purpose. And so you get to a point where they make you make a decision. I made it to the last day that you could decide. And I decided, you know, I like math. People seem like they don't want to go to school in their hometown. Maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. So I was like, you know what? Math, not in Williamsburg. I'll go to Virginia Tech and I'll do engineering. Done. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I'll go to get an engineering degree and then I will go out into the world and engineer things, whatever that means. And I made that decision and I was feeling really good about it. And then, also in high school, while I had to make that decision, I was a mentee, did the mentorship program here at the chapel, um, which I came here every day, got to work with the staff. It was really cool. And uh, also, I did a lot of, I led a midweek group, and I went on mission trips while I was involved here in high school. And that summer, I went to Nicaragua, and I have a picture of my small group from Nicaragua, dug that up, um, so that's my small group in Nicaragua, uh, our senior year, our last time as high school students going on a high school missions trip, and then I got a group picture, the whole squad that went down that year, um, that's everybody who was from the chapel for that trip, it was like one of the last years we did a really big trip, one of the last few years, lots of people in there that you guys have probably seen as interns later on in life, um, but that trip was awesome. I'd gone a few times. I'd gone two summers before, and each trip had been a really great experience for me. And on this trip, I really felt like this was like the culmination of my high school experience, getting me to a point of like what I wanted to do with my life. It was a really great way to cap off high school and get ready to head off to Virginia 
Tech. And I'm telling you all this because tonight we're talking about purpose. We're looking at this question and what the Bible has to say about it. And if I'm talking about purpose and you're like, I, I kind of understand what, you're, what, I'm, what I'm talking about. What I mean by purpose is our contribution, contribution to the world or a direction for our life. life. Man, words. Um, purpose is what unites what is worthwhile to us, what we find important. And it connects it with what is consequential to the world around us. Kind of taking that idea of what is important to us and how we can then do, uh, take that interest, take that gifting that we have, take that thing that is important to us and use it to make a difference in the world around us. Right? And yet, as we talked, as, uh, as, as there, like Alana was saying two weeks ago, um, we've been reading this book that has a lot of research done. On, on my generation, the millennial generation, and your generation, the Gen Z generation. And as they talk to both generations, not, not, not just you all, you all, mine as well, us old people, there's a common uh, idea where people are excited about their future, right? That people are excited, they're like, my future is bright, while at the same time holding the belief that the future of the world is bleak. Right, that we can we can at the same time be excited about our future, excited about what we want to do, about our purpose, and yet not have any confidence in the world. And yet, purpose should be taking the things that we are excited about and how and using them to affect the world, to make the world better, to make a difference. And so, when asked the question, "What difference can I make?" the most the four most common answers that came up. Uh, we're going to go through those four common answers. And the first one is, I make a difference when I'm help, helping others. When I'm helping others. This idea of service, right? And if you think about to any time you've ever done a, a service trip or, or volunteer hours or anything like that, it feels good, right, to serve, to help other people. Volunteering, missions trips, just generally being a, a, help, a help, a blessing in someone's day. It feels good. It helps give a feeling of purpose. Like, I accomplished something in that action. But when we only try to uh, make a difference through service, when we only try to make our purpose service, we get people who, who burn out. They become bitter in their acts of service while technically still helping people, while technically still doing this thing that once gave them a sense of purpose, they, they become resentful of the fact that they are doing it. They're not taking care of themselves while they help serve other people. And you see this a lot in my job, in my profession, as it were, of people who work at churches. It is a big service thing. And yet, uh, it's, I don't know the stats for church-wide jobs, but in student ministry, the average uh, student ministry staff member is only with their staff, uh, in, with their church, for 18 months on average. So like a year and a half is the average time someone in my job or Brett's job or Alana's job makes it in a student ministry setting before they burn themselves out and leave. And that's true of all kinds of professions and jobs where they're very service-minded, right? Because we get to a point where we no longer are serving out of caring for others, of making a difference, but we self-seek. We look for recognition in those actions, so that was the first uh, answer to the question, what difference can I make? The second answer what di to what difference can I make is I make a difference when I follow the script, right? A lot of people feel purpose. They feel like they're making a difference when they're following the runway that has been laid out for them. The rules, the path handed down to you when you're doing, quote unquote, what you are supposed to be doing. And whether that's your family's script, 
right, what your parents have laid out for you, and you're, you're accomplishing those things, those checkpoints that they have been laid out for you, that, that's purposeful. Do you, if you have a feeling of purpose and making a difference through accomplishing that, whether it be societal, uh, the societal script, right, what everyone else is doing, kind of like when I was going to college, I was like the weirdo for even considering going to William & Mary in my hometown. Everybody was like, no, you don't do that. You go away from your hometown. Or even... Or even the church script, right? We can feel a sense of purpose when we, when we move through the checkpoints of like, I did the sixth grade trip, and then I did the ski trip, and then I did this mission trip, and then I did, went on this volunteering thing, or I helped at this event, or I went to this, this, and this. Like, it can feel like we've laid out a path, and you've accomplished those things, and the sense of purpose from that um, structure is there. But the, fa- the fa- uh, problem with this is when we, when we fail... Right When we don't accomplish the next checkpoint, when our gifting isn't uh, allowing us or maybe isn't right, that was not the right path for who we are or what we are supposed to be doing, and then we feel like we have failed. We feel like it all falls apart so quickly. The third answer to what difference can I make, I make a difference when I get to make choices about my life. So kind of the opposite. Right? Some people feel like they're making a difference, feel purpose from having the structure laid out for them. Some people feel it from getting to choose their own path, to have agency over their own life, regardless often of the rewards or recognition. It's more important and more purpose is derived from just the act of making decisions about your own life. Do a lot of you feel that? When you get to choose what you get to do in your life, it feels often a lot better regardless of even if the choice works out? I know that's true for me. But... When, uh, we're, when we're only getting and feeling purposeful from making choices on our own, it can become easy to slide into the path of least resistance. That's a lot of work. I'll just go this way. I won't, I won't do this, what I initially set out for. I'll just, I'll just follow, slide on the path of least resistance. Or we can become so fluid, changing our mind back and forth, back and forth, this and that. So often we, we paralyze ourselves with indecision. And then nothing gets accomplished. The fourth answer to the question, what difference can I make, is I make a difference when I'm headed toward a good future. Success, right? Moving to excellence, achievement, looking for the good life. But as we, as we often hear and yet don't seem to believe until we achieve it, happiness is not equal success, right? Even though, even if we follow the path laid out, even if we choose our own, even if we're serving, even if we're deriving purpose from something that we're doing and it feels so right and it feels like we've achieved all this stuff, if it's ultimately all about the achievement or the success, there is an emptiness. And you can look at me standing here and and just be like, yeah, 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 okay. Or you can look at someone who has achieved greater success than I, who is not a Christian, who, and yet this still comes up. And this is an old interview and while Job and I were joking when earlier, uh, we would wonder what it would be even more successful now than he was, uh, I think, 10 years ago when this interview took place. Um, but is my least, one of, my, one of the like, most hated and loved people in the world, I think, Mr. Tom Brady. He has achieved so much in his sport, right? Yeah, boos and yays, I hear them both. He's won so many Super Bowls, he like never loses. He has achieved... More than, he just had his 600th touchdown pass this past week. And yet, even halfway into those accomplishments, he gave an interview where he said this. 
But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. He said, there's got to be more than this. And I would be interested to hear what he had to say. Even more Super Bowls, even more touchdowns, even more records down the line. I would be interested to say if he feels like there's still got to be more than just success. And what we're going to look at tonight is what the Bible says, what Jesus' answer to this question of what difference can I make is. And Jesus' answer is not initially going to make sense, but it's a story, right? Jesus' answer is a story, the greatest story ever told you often will hear. And ultimately, this is kind of a misnomer week because we cannot answer what difference can I make before we answer another question. That question is, what story am I a part of? And we are invited to God's greater story, the greatest story being told. And, and there's a passage in 1 Corinthians that I think kind of lays out a little bit about this idea of what this story is, what, uh, what God's story is, what we've been invited to, and how we can flesh out what our purpose might be, what difference can we make, viewing it through the lens of God's story. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just five verses. It's Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And the thing you need to know about Corinth, uh, you can put that down for a second, Luke. Um, the thing you need to know about Corinth is very similar uh, to kind of what you'll see today. I'm going to read uh, a description of the citizens of Corinth and tell me if you've seen this in your schools, in, on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, in the world today. The citizens of Corinth are all about wealth and social status. They align themselves and their identities behind celebrities, behind popular figures in the, in the city. And Paul is dealing with this uh, cultural phenomenon that's going on in Corinth. People are like, God who? Jesus who? I'm all about Paul. That's my guy. He's currently trending right now, so that's who I'm going to follow. There's another guy, another teacher, Apollos. They're like, Paul, he sucks. Apollos is the guy. We're all about Apollos. And Paul is writing this letter to Corinth, and he's like, you guys are missing the point. And because it's Paul and because this is uh, the ancient world, obviously there's going to be a agrarian metaphor in there. Uh, so we need some farming. Everybody knows about farming back then. Not very many people know about it now, but we'll unpack it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just five verses here, starting in 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not uh, being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, though through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And if we're looking at this through the idea of we've been invited to join into God's story, right? Every story has a few things. 
And that one of the biggest things, the thing you don't have a story without is the plot. Right? You need the plot of the story. And in verse 7, Paul kind of uh, lays out, it says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. If we're looking at this analogy of something growing, right? There, the the uh, plants are watered, there's sunlight, they're tended to, they're cared for. But ultimately nothing happens, Paul writes, without God. Only God who can give the growth. Only God can give the success. Only God can fulfill the purpose. God gives us a direction. He is the author of the story and he is pointing us in the direction that the story is going. Sending us to be a part of his greater story. Not not wanting us to write our own narrative, to go off in a different direction. Every story has a plot, and we have a part to play, right? We've been invited to be a part of the story. So what is then our role? Verses 8 and 9, He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. We all have a role to play in this story. Whether it be someone who's, who's out there helping the growth or attempting to help the growth, right? Attempting to help God's word, God's kingdom on earth. The people who are watering or planting, right? Or maybe you're just one of the fellow workers. Or maybe you're just God's field, God's building. We all have different gifts. We all have different roles to play in the story and our purpose comes from these giftings right from where God is growing us ourselves our gifts align with God's story's direction right when our gifts align with the the direction of God's story our story becomes one with his and we then grow right we can help others grow but nothing happens no growth without God and the third thing that, we, that you need in, in, this, in this growth, in this farming analogy uh, that I think, uh, if you know anything about plants, um, I didn't know anything about plants until I got married, and now my one-bedroom apartment feels like I live in a jungle. Um, Megan has so many indoor plants in there, and something that I think I consciously knew, but it never really clicked for me, is just how long it takes a plant to grow the smallest amount. Like, you see these giant trees outside, and you're just like, oh, that probably popped up. I don't know. Like, whatever. Like, these plants, like, Megan will be like, did you see the growth in this plant? And it's like, I don't, I don't know if she's marking them or what. It's like, I would never notice this plant getting bigger, and it's been months. But it takes so long for the smallest amount of growth on a plant. And the same thing is true for us. Things take time, right? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth, and he gave it in his time. God's story sometimes doesn't move at the pace that we wish our role played in it, right? Sometimes we wish that these were our gifting. Sometimes we wish that we were grown in this specific way. Sometimes we wish that our purpose to help the kingdom of God further on earth was this. Like, I wish I could sing. Like, I... like. Tommy, I'd love to switch with you. You can come up here, and I'll, and I'll, but I can't. That's not my gifting. That's not my uh, role to play. And going back to that story I was telling you about going to Nicaragua, capping off kind of my high school career, 
I'd made all these decisions, figured out what my purpose in life was going to be. Spoiler alert, I'm here talking to you. I obviously didn't become an engineer. But I was on that trip, uh, and it was one of the last days, and I was journaling, and I was just kind of taking in my experience, and not just that week, but all my whole high school experience, and thinking about what I wanted to do, what was my role to play, what purpose did my life hold. And I really felt in that moment a kind of oh bummer, like a kind of a like dang it kind of feeling where I really felt like God was calling me to stay in Williamsburg, to, to, to work here, to continue being involved in ministry. And that's not saying every single one of you to further God's kingdom, to play your role needs to be in ministry. It could be anywhere, right? There are plenty of engineers. There are plenty of, of people. Think about all the people who come to church on a Sunday who don't work at the chapel or don't work at whatever church they go to, and yet they are still furthering uh, God's kingdom. They could still be playing their role, fulfilling their purpose, making a difference for God's story. And I'm in Nicaragua, and I'm really feeling this sense to ministry, and then I'm really feeling the, the pit in my stomach fall when I'm like, well, we just dropped thousands to Virginia Tech. Like, they have all of my money. I guess I have to go. And so I went to Virginia Tech my first day I moved in and I was, had already for like two months been thinking, I do, I do not want to be here. I, this is not where I feel like my difference is going to be made. This is not where I feel like my purpose gets fulfilled. And I'll tell you a secret. I still am not 100% sure, right? That was lit, I, this blew me away. I, that was 10 years ago. I am old. 10 years ago, I was in high school and was a senior and was going through this college process. And 10 years later at 28, I'm still not 100% sure, but I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. I feel like I've made the right decisions. I feel like I have been grown in my attempts to align my story with God's story. And, and sometimes I think that time piece, even 10 years, is not quite enough to really feel like I've grown a lot to really feel like I have fulfilled that purpose, that the making that difference. And so I and I don't mean that as a as a scary thing or a negative thing. I mean that as an encouragement. Like it is okay to not be a hundred percent sure of of what difference can I make of, of if you are fulfilling your role in God's story. But what we can do is try to make everything, every effort to embed our story with the ultimate narrative of God's story. And I, I just put together a couple of different ways that I feel like uh, our, our general habits, practices to, to help move that uh, ball down the field. And they're pretty, I tried to make them alliterative uh, so that we could remember them. Just practice, uh, pause, and pray. And I feel like practice, what I mean by that is just every day, not just these major decisions like where am I going to go to school or what job am I going to have or what's these, these big like, purpose-filled decisions that feel like these are the when we turn to God, but let's turn to God, try to find that where we line up, what our role is in that story every day. You have to practice it. It has to become a habit. It has to become a, an intentional thing that we add into our lives. And then, kind of like what I was just talking about, pause, right? I feel like sometimes even we shut down. We literally were in our houses for months. We did nothing but go online and sit there and, and I feel like for a lot of people that was a lot, it was frustrating, but for me that was kind of nice. It was a kind of like a, a forced pause. Sometimes we go so hard at achieving 
goals, at, at getting through life, at getting to the next checkpoint, that sometimes we just need to stop. We, we just need to start small. We just need to make small decisions. And, and sometimes we can't think small until we've stopped, until we've reset. And so it, it's okay to not have your purpose nailed down, to feel like you're fulfilling your role in God's story. Like we just, sometimes we just need to pause and, and, and just remember that it's okay. And finally, we just need to pray a lot. Like, I think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say that any differently. Like, I know it feels like every time I get up here, I'm like, pray, 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 pray. Like, I mean it. I can never say it enough. You can never do it enough. Like, if you want to feel like you're inching forward, if you're growing, if you're feeling like any sense of purpose in your life, like, prayer, communication with God is the, is the best way to, to move that down the field. And I feel like... Um, Sometimes we, we talk about stuff like this and then we go into small group and it's like, yeah, that was a good discussion and, we, and we, then we don't do it. But like one of my challenges for you as, as we wrap up and head to small group here would be uh, in the next week, uh, we don't have SM night next week, so I'll even give you, we'll extend the assignment, two weeks. Just, just try to pick one thing, one thing in your life that you're like, I'm pretty sure that if I can change this one habit, adding or subtracting from your life, uh, that that would be a tiny, small step closer to aligning my story of what's happening right now with God's narrative for the world. Right, to f- one step closer to fulfilling my role in that story. That's my challenge uh, for the two weeks, and then I'm, I'll come ask you next SM night. Uh, but I would love to pray for us, and then uh, we'll continue this in small groups. So if you bow your heads with me.